Thanks so much for downloading the Have A Word podcast. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to support the podcast, sign up at patreon.com slash haveawordpod. Everyone that signs up on Patreon gets an exclusive episode. They also get extra content. You can also get merchandise discounts, live show tickets, but that extra episode is the big one. So Monday and Friday, they're the public episode. Monday, that's for everybody. Friday, that's for every motherfucker as well. But Wednesday is a whole extra exclusive episode just for patrons. Sign up at patreon.com slash haveawordpod. Thank you. What's happening, guys? It's Adam here. Just a quick word from our sponsors before we kick off today's episode. That is Beer52.com. Beer52 is the UK's most popular craft beer discovery club. They're number one, baby. And they'll send you some amazing beers every month, and you can rate and review them via their website to earn points and rewards. Now, every month's beers that you get sent will have a brand new theme. Past themes have been the beers of Germany, California, Belgium, Korea, New Zealand, South Africa, and many, many more. And they've kindly given our listeners an exclusive offer. You'll get a free case of eight beers and an award-winning beer magazine and a tasty snack the second you sign up they'll send them out in the post here and you can't catch corona from the post all you have to do is pay a few quid for the delivery and you can cancel or pause your membership at any time sign up now at beer52.com slash word that's our exclusive link that's b-e-e-r 52.com slash w-o-r-d you'll claim your free case of beer and for every person that signs up via that link only they slide us a little bit of money that supports the podcast it helps us out it's win-win so do us a favour, pause the pod here, go and do that now, and then enjoy the episode. Nice one. See you in a bit. Fucking did it in one take, bro. Yeah, man. Now, I'm getting the word not. Oh. Ja! Upset me, nasty bitch. Catch me outside, how about that? I'm big boned. I'm heavy structure. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Disgusting! Follow us on social media at HaveAWardPod. And don't forget to watch our very funny podcast videos on YouTube. You can subscribe at youtube.com forward slash HaveAWardPod. They go by Alan and Dave, Aaron and Dean, Grandad and the Yeti, or even Chanel and Denise. But what's for sure is they are the funniest leads in the podcast game. Don't be a Tory. Down your tabo shandy and tell a friend. This is Hava Wad. Ding dong. Ding dong. Hey, sorry about that. Um, I'm recording, by the way. It's it's fucking Jimmy Rolls, isn't it? Cool. Um, I just got a call uh, from the fencing guy is why we're trying to get a fence sorted because we have two very fucking large dogs that live next door and my daughter is mouth height. Her head <laughs> is mouth height. And they're like, they are... So gentle. I'm like, yeah, but they are both fucking massive. So <laughs> I would like. They do seem sound, and I'm not even like. I'm not even. I quite like them. They're nice dogs, but I'd like a better fucking fence. I could jump that fence, and they could jump me. So what the fuck are we doing? Um. So that was uh, that guy trying to get some fucking lockdown dollar. How are you doing, Adam? How are you doing, our kids? I'm alright. Oh, he's I'm not all, having a good day. It's not a good what? one. He's not having a great day. I can feel it. I'm just a bit fed up, lad. 
Yeah, repetitions kicking in. Fed up. Everything's the same apart from, oh, the world's on fire. So, uh, yeah, I'm just a bit fucking bored of it all. You know what I mean? You know, when you're just having those days, and it's been like two or three days in a row now where I'm just a bit... (sighs) Yeah, and also you've been building up to that special. Yeah, and... And then uh, you've got that out. Yeah. And I've been kept busy by that because I'm still making the little clips that are going to go out on social media and stuff. And we've had nearly 10,000 people have watched the special, which is phenomenal numbers um, this early on in the uh, in the release. You know what I mean? So I had a few targets in my head. I had a few targets in my head. I wanted to do 5,000 views on the first day. 10,000 within a week and 20,000 within a month. That's what I set as a target. Uh, we're just under 10,000 already. So we should smash through that 10,000 in a week target. And then we'll move on to 20,000 and putting this little clips out from it. But the response has been ridiculous. Um, as good as the response we had to this podcast, it's just a, a barrage of positive comments, loads of important people sharing it and watching it and, yeah so if you have watched it and especially if you've shared it as well thank you very much if you haven't watched it yet you're fucking dead to me alright dead gone you got a, you've got a two week window <laughs> and then after that <laughs> <laughs> yeah go and check it out it's doing well and if you do enjoy it just spread the wave for me text your mates and say hey check this out uh, if every single person who watches it does that then we'll be on 20,000 within a fucking week kid yeah um, is it have you felt a little bit knackered from it is it because it's been a lot of work hasn't it have you felt like I mean when people hear this they'll be like what the fuck do you mean knackered you're like yeah we get it it's you know it's not building a fucking wood cabin in the forest no, I, it's not it physically anyway, but it is a bit it is a bit knackering isn't it? it it can be but it hasn't been that's that's not sort of why I'm a bit sort of slumped I'm just a bit fucking bored of everything being so shit and it just seems like getting worse we started 2020 with what looked like world war three then australia was on fire then there's a pandemic that's killed everyone and now civil wars starting in america and it's just fucking like what what, when are the aliens gonna turn up and just take us over because i feel like that can only be a maximum of two or three months away now do you know what i mean what if they came with the cure for covid they were like listen we are your alien overlords. We you're gonna have to basically be slit in slave tours, but we've got the cure for COVID. So on you, on your one night off a month, you can go and see live comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid humans. Um, what? what was that voice? Stupid humans. We are aliens. Yeah. Robots from the. Hollywood in 1970. We are slightly racist, Borat robot aliens. Uh, oh, Adam, yeah. I feel it. I feel it a little bit. I think it's... This is weird. I genuinely think it's worse if you've got a fucking social life. I think it's... I think that's going to have an effect. If you... If you're where I'm at, you're like, yeah, it is fucking repetition. Still got a kid. Still, you know, just dicking around doing the same thing. Think a lot of people who are like, I would like to go and live the fucking life I was living. Like we are, we're missing out on some stuff. Yesterday we went for a walk round a reservoir in Staffordshire, which was fucking weird to be out of Chester. To be out of Cheshire was mental. 
little things like that. Laura's going back into work tomorrow, which is fine. Um, <laughs> so things are sort of creeping back, but yeah, this I've noticed a, a lot of my mates. It's not no one's like fuming. It, no one's in shock anymore. Everyone's just getting that like, ah, for fuck's sake. But that weirdly doesn't mean. I mean, there'll be people hearing this and going, yeah, but doesn't mean everything should be fucking lifted just because of boredom. You're like, yeah, it's a, that's true as well, yeah. isn't it? It's a, it's a careful fucking... It's got to be a careful process that I'm sure the Conservative Party will deal with wonderfully. <laughs> 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 Say goodbye to your loved ones. I am... Um, yeah, I do think lockdown is being lifted a bit early, but I'm, I, I'm now at the point where I think I've decided I'm going to just take a bit of a social media break I think I'm just going to let it fucking chill for a bit because I spend hours every day scrolling and promoting stuff. So I think over the next sort of, I don't know, week or so, I'm going to put a couple of stand-up clips out from me special to drive people towards it. And then maybe like I'll give myself four times a day where I'll go on, check a couple of things quickly, retweet the odd bit of praise, do what I need to do, to get people up but I I think I'm just there's no positivity there at the minute and I think I just need to take a fucking break from it because it's just awful and me looking at it is not making anything any better so yeah, yeah. you know That's- what's difficult there is there is there is some positivity but when there is like a you know a Black Lives Matter protest and 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 like so much upset in America and beyond America about George Floyd's fucking murder, the positivity just comes across as twee, don't it? You like when someone's like, "Well, there's always," and you're like, "Oh, sh- shut up!" I know it's it's only just fucking happened, like it's literally just happened, and this anger will come in a wave, and then it's a natural response for some people to be like, "But." What we've got to remember is there is love in the world. And here's a picture of a black officer holding hands with a white child. And I don't know if it's a paedophile. He could be a paedophile, but that's not the point. He's not kicked her head in. And so it is a positive, isn't it? I, yeah. It just almost doesn't feel like the right time for that. It's almost like it feels like you almost you want the anger, but then the anger has an effect on you. You're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to bed fuming and I'm waking up. Fucking fuming. It's why I've stopped promoting me special already. So I promoted it all day Friday and then Saturday morning I woke up and did a bit more. And then I was retweeting the odd bit of thing that people were sending me, but it was sort of late Saturday in the UK that it started filtering through how bad things have got over in America. And then all day yesterday and all day today. And I'm, I'm just, I feel like I was going to put a stand-up clip out on Sunday. Yesterday, that was my plan. Put the special out Saturday. Put, uh, like, my favourite clip from it out on a Sunday, and hopefully that drives more people towards it. And then I was like, at the minute, who the fuck wants to sit and watch me talk about fat rights and whether fat people need to shut the fuck up for it? Like, no one gives a shit at the minute. It's going to so look weird like, in the feed, isn't it? It's going to look weird in the feed. Like, yeah, fucking, yeah. this guy, this prosecutor says this, and this police officer said this, and this murderer, Adam Rowe, I tell you what. It's <laughs> <laughs> just fucking insane. I just can't bring myself to do it. So, 
Can I yeah, can I'm, I tell you something funny? Right, your Twitter is a different Twitter than mine. Now I've t- I've s- yeah. I know I'm, I what Adam's feeling now about three years ago. I had a massive wave of this, and I was like, social media is not doing me good. It's making me into the kind of comic who we know, who who just literally is embattled and like jealous and annoyed about everything and like very like snarky. And I was like, I don't want to fucking be that guy. I'm not that guy. It's very hard because you can't control the tone of what you see. You get addicted to picking yeah. up your phone. Fucking murder. Fucking women's rights. Well, fucking you know, there's poverty everywhere. Um, I tell you, well, I think it's a cunt, and you're like, oh, I was in a good mood, and then someone's slagging someone off. So I unfollow, followed a lot of it, and I, I, I know there's an element of like that sort of sticking your head in the stand, but I still use the Twitter news feed, and I still go looking for stuff. I just don't give up the control of my timeline. But since we've started a joint Twitter, the Have a Word Twitter, I'm using that just as much, and Adam adds things to that that I wouldn't usually add. <laughs> fucking hell because it's a limited following we have got at the moment it's fucking mental we've got <laughs> just just these are some of the people that tweet a lot we've got Louisa Omelan who is a friend of, of ours a, 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 a good mate of mine we've been on the phone recently a lot and she's very politicised she used to be just straight comedy really and like sort of when her first show came out what would Beyonce do? It was very like young women taking control. And now she's very angry and politicized in a lot of the way she tweets. So comedy's still very funny. <laughs> so we're following that. And then you've got people like Dane Baptiste popping up. And he's obviously a black comedian. He lives in London and he is fucking politicized and angry about Black Lives Matter. I've then got, just as contrast, the Red Men TV. I mean, repeatedly reminding me that Liverpool won the Champions League exactly a year ago. And then we've got Olaf Falafel doing his fucking art club. And I'm telling you what, it's not that it's all depressing. It's mental. That that Twitter feed is mental. Yeah. It's like, people are dying. Liverpool fucking nailed it. Here's a picture from Pablo Picasso. I'm like, mate, this, <laughs> this Twitter feed's making me fucking mental. <laughs> and then yeah. someone going, hey, Adam, I fucking love the special. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> I could see why you'd want to tone that shit down a bit. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to give myself like a new rule. When I get up, I'll check my emails and my texts, but I'm not checking my social media for like at least two hours. I'm just not going to touch my phone. And then I'll have like 10 minutes where I check it there, 10 minutes later on, 10, whatever. I'll, I'll keep on top of it. I've still got to put a few things out because this is how we make our living and shit. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a bit too fucking eggy at the minute. And I wanted to, like, we, we spoke earlier because... Like we obviously talk a lot off off pod as well about what we want the podcast to be, and um, we felt it was important that because we offer an opinion on everything on this fucking thing, because that's what we are, opinionated comedians. We couldn't ignore what's going on now, but we also, I think it's important we say we're we're gonna we're gonna say I'm gonna I'm certainly gonna say what I'm gonna say in a minute. You say whatever you want, um, and then we'll draw a line on the commenting on this because, first of all, we're two white lads in the northwest of England whose life is largely unaffected by racism. We just want to make it cl- I certainly want to make it clear that what side I'm on. But after that, I'm not going to mention this again because 
the same way I need to put my social media down at the minute, I'm sure there's fucking hundreds and possibly thousands of people listening to this podcast who feel exactly the same. And we want this podcast to be a fucking escape. We, we, our podcast has become successful because it's utter fucking nonsense, stupid, funny bullshit. That's what our listeners like. And we want that to be why people are coming to us, not to hear constant social commentary because... It's just a bit too fucking everywhere at the minute. Well, we're so honest, say- aren't we? We've always been honest about when stuff's come up, when the shutdowns yeah. happen. But I th- and I think people listen to this, like like the podcast. They like us, and I don't. I think it would be disingenuous if we were dodging everything because we're like, oh come on, Adam, we've just got to do the shtick, you know? That's our shtick. We've been honest about everything, but we've never banged on about the shutdown. I know. I've had messages of mates going, mate, it's so refreshing to listen to your podcast. Because every other pod, they're just obsessing with Corona and the shutdown. Yeah. And we talked about it. And then we just talked about other stuff as well. We've never, like, pondered on something too much. When it comes to Black Lives Matters, you're like, yeah, as a white guy living in fucking Cheshire, I don't think the world's going, tell you what, let's tune in to have a word and find out what Adam and Dan definitely think about. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I, tell, I-, and I say this before you say what you're saying especially when it comes to my village and this is in support of all the black people and BAME people and anyone from an ethnic minority who has suffered at the hands of police brutality I'll tell you this if we ever get a black person in this village I I will make sure he's not being up by the police and I'll say that <laughs> I mean we'd have to get some police here as well, but that's not the point if <laughs> sorry go on I've just been a dick um, so I, I've basically tweeted the exact same thing I'm about to say, and I'm sure most people have already seen it, but I want to use, use any little platform I've got to say this. I I think what's going on in America, and we have just the same racial disparity over here, it's just that in America they have more power, more weapons, everything. I refuse to condemn the rioters and the looters and everything in America because if this horrible moment in history which is what it will become leads to black people not getting murdered in the streets anymore by police then it's worth it and that's that's the bottom line for me I've never been profiled by the police based on the colour of my skin I don't know what it's like to go out every day and every time I see a police car wonder whether I'm about to be killed I can't possibly understand that I don't understand that so everyone who does feel like that I can't say you can't act that way to get the rights you feel you deserve when I don't know how they're feeling or what they've gone through in their life so I'm not going to do it I, I think it's time for change and that change should be brought around with any means that they deem necessary I'm not saying I'm not encouraging anyone to go writing I'm not encouraging anyone to go looting I'm not encouraging anything what I'm saying is if people feel like that is their last resort, then I refuse to condemn it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I wonder if it's... I wonder if the looting element is just... Once that seal's broken by a few dickheads who aren't genuinely going out there fully with the intent of protesting and making a stance, I wonder what if that... Once that first target is smashed into, if if it's like, man, the barrier's gone and then everyone's like, oh, it's part of the protest. Was it's it... the blue switch paper, isn't it? Yeah, because, because we've all, I think we've seen the Twitter videos of, of protesters in cities a day or two down from Minneapolis, like in Boston and in, in different cities, standing in front of shops going, don't, 
Don't fucking yeah. do that because then we we lose some of the moral high ground. As soon as you do that, they get to just paint you with a brush going, they're thugs. And they're just, yeah. they're just, there's some fucking amazing pictures of that, like, that that white woman just walking out of a smashed up Target with some shit under her hand. You're like, ooh, don't think that's a protest. Think you're just going, mm, going to get some steelier steals. The but- best one was the Asian woman who walked out with a full cheesecake. Did you see that? <laughs> A cheesecake factory got broken into and she just fucking danced out of there with a full cheesecake on a plate. Like, really calmly. She had a mask on. She had... I, I don't know whether it was a hood up or, like, a, a niqab or a baker of some sort. But, yeah, she just bounced out with, oh, I've got myself a, a strawberry drizzle cheesecake. You know, <laughs> you know your looting is going a little out of hand when you've gone from, like, right, we're going to do Gucci and we're going to do Chanel. Oh, fuck, they took ages. We need a snack. Right, well, let's loot the cheesecake factory. And then, does anywhere sell drink? Let's, <laughs> let's loot a fucking vending machine for a can of pop. There was a, there's a, a Vans shop, you know, like the 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 shoes Vans uh, getting looted. I think it might have been in New York on like Seventh Avenue or something. And a lad runs out of the Vans smashed window, and he's got like five boxes of Vans in his hands. And he looks left, and he's like, "I've got all these Vans." And then he looks right, and there's three police officers. So he just throws all the stuff he's just robbed. <laughs> all over the fucking street and runs away <laughs> and if he's looking if he's if they work out who he is on CCTV he's still going to prison isn't he because you can't be like dropped it bye bye <laughs> <laughs> if they've got you on camera walking out of the shop the guy who who went in the target and came out with a box of Lego that's uh, that's one of my favourites. Like, how millennial could you possibly be? Like, oh shit, everyone's looting. Oh, but that Death Star is like two hundred dollars. Ooh, damn! I get right myself down. a collector's piece. Honestly, right? Let's say you lived in Liverpool with me, right? And it was kicking off here. Something's happened, and we're kicking off, and people start looting, right? Let's say you find yourself in John Lewis. Right. Oh, I know exactly what I'm going for. Go on. What, what are you grabbing? Oh, mate, I'm so glad you said John Lewis because they've got some well, nice. It's a big department store in it, so there's there's plenty to pick from. Straight to the fucking cookware section. I'm getting one of them posh Swiss fucking griddle things. You know that? Uh, is it Crusette or Crusoe? They're like orange underneath, and they are they're so fucking good. Oh, for grilling steak. And I'm such a cheap cunt. I'm always like, oh, it's 140 quid. I'll just buy one of the cheap griddles from Amazon that's 30 quid. And they're never as good. And you'd see me staggering out of a fucking John Lewis with the heaviest item. That's the problem. <laughs> Those fucking things are like wrought iron. You're like, oh, God. But I straight in there. Where are you going in I John would, Lewis? I would get um, the one model up of my current coffee machine <laughs> Jesus Christ you know you're doing alright if if when you go looting you just want a slight upgrade on your coffee machine Adam's doing alright I'd go I'd just start stealing clothes but wear them and just try and waddle out with all my clothes and be like have you been looting no I just really feel the cold it's June because we're in the middle of sorting this house out we've got a lot of rubbish at the minute a lot of stuff we're throwing away so maybe I'd just take some of this there and leave it because the tips aren't open at the minute 
It's very fucking hard to get rid of this shit, you know what I mean? Shit! Oh my god, I pressed the wrong button. I was trying to give you an applause and I chanel it. Chanel! But it's actually accurate because it's well scouts. Mate, that is fucking genius. I would love it if they got the CCT footage up and they were like, right, this, this fucking daft bitch stole cheesecake. That knobhead student-looking guy stole Lego. Here's a little... Is that a grand... Is he a paedophile? Where's that Danish guy? He, I think he's stolen... Got cook, a griddle! Cook, he's got a griddle, cookware. Now, this guy... This is an interesting one. He seems to have looted, but he goes in with four massive Sports Direct and Ikea bags. <laughs> just comes out with nothing, looking really pleased with himself. No, I'm still getting me coffee machine. All right. Oh, it's a bring and buy. <laughs> I'm just swapping it. Hey. It's like a cash converters. I've gone in. I've gone here. I've got all this stuff. You have that. I'll have a coffee machine. We'll call it even. I, t I mean, I've told you the story of the looting in Manchester when I, when the riot that night of riots happened, haven't I? And uh, the uh, I don't think I've ever told the full story, but we, me and my mate got stuck in a cinema while we were watching a film, and they closed the cinema to let us watch it. And I lived. This was. 2011 and we got back it was horrible getting back after it. it was really nasty atmosphere in town I tell the full story on stage it's very fun but when I finally got back my housemate wound me up I was really stressed but then we sort of watched it was the weirdest thing we watched BBC News on our living room <laughs> telly uh, which was right next to our fifth floor window just outside Manchester City Centre and we would like it was the weirdest thing we were going, and here it is on TV and there it is live. And here it is on TV. <laughs> and we saw... Because what happened that day, it was like, after the guy got shot in, in London, then there was a few days of protest that became rioting and looting, and it moved up Birmingham and Wolverhampton, and it ended up in Manchester on, like, the Tuesday or Wednesday. It really just was, Pete, like, Scally's kicking off. It wasn't proper. There was no placards or anything. It was just a load of, like, fucking eggy teenagers going nice one let's kick the shit out of the town centre and they dealt with it like that there was at no point where there were any loud hailers it was just knobheads having a fucking boot off Bang and Olufsen got done with a white, two white minivans and they apparently out of nowhere it was really coordinated the CCTV footage of everywhere else is like you can see Belen just like hey let's fucking kick something and then and then the CCTV footage they showed it afterwards of Bang and Olufsen was not it was nothing like that all of a sudden, there's no one on the street, and then these fucking mob of like kids come, and then they smash the windows, and then these two white stolen transit vans turn up. They unload, and if you're not from the UK, Bang and Olufsen is probably not from the UK, but there there are like really high end TVs and stereo system suppliers, and they honestly, without exaggerating, one of their TVs can be thirty grand, and they nicked everything, and then me and Andy Hunt watched from our window as tons of kids just circled around the JD Sports and just fucking came and, the, and oh it's the weirdest feeling watching like a gang of 50 scallies thinking about busting into a massive JD Sports and then the police car would come onto the car park do a loop and fucking scare them all off and we'd be like Ray! it was the most entertaining shit watching it on the TV seeing the streets around where you live and then just looking out the window and seeing it fucking mental and the guy coming down the coming down the canal with all sorts of random shit like a fucking the, 
Just so much, so ridiculous. Have you ever actually seen looting? And have you ever been anywhere near a protest like that? No, only on the news and in the films and that. It's a, uh, yeah. Have you ever been on a march? Have you ever? I've. I was thinking today. I've literally <laughs> never. I've never protested anything. No, me neither. Like, I've sort of been vocal and been to sort of the um, the vigils and the services for the Hillsborough disaster, but n- never like an actual placard protest thing. No. No, man. Well, yeah. Just, uh, I hope anyone... I don't normally care about stuff enough. I've, I've sort of learned that about myself over the past week or so. Like... I tend to have a lot of opinions on things, but there's nothing I really kick off about. And um, sounds like a comedian. I, that do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you're just like, ah, here's what I think. What are you going to do about it? Ah, none. Write the joke. Tell the joke. Yeah. End the story. I fucking hate the Tories. You're going to join another party? That's how it works. Fucking the meetings are in the evening. The meetings are in the evening. I've got shit. To, I've got gigs. I. The only thing is. This is what, I mean, I'm not trying to, but this is all going on against the backdrop of social distancing, keep your distance, COVID-19, there's a pandemic. So it really must have this added extra edge. Like, if you live in one of these cities in America and you're listening to this, just stay safe beyond the sort of, you know, the pandemic chat that everyone's been saying. Now it's like genuinely... How how angry must you feel to be like, yeah, I'm so fucked off with this. I'm going out and I couldn't give a shit about the pandemic. This is more important. I just I think it's hard for us in this country to fully understand that. And that's obviously speaking as a white bloke, but Yeah. Um Would you rather have bollocks for eyes or eyes for bollocks? <laughs> Adam's dis- Adam's decided that got a bit too heavy. <laughs> Oh, could you imagine? Uh, could you just imagine looking round your underpants? <laughs> um, all right, let's end that section of opinion. Are you all right? You're right, kid. You're flagging. You're all right. No, you, just sounds, did, yeah. you just did a yawn and then a like a. This chair is just shit because I'm still in the fucking. I'm still I'm still using boxes and fucking tiny chested. Draws side table thing as me fucking studio. Is it painted though? Shit is Jade painted it. <laughs> it's all gone. It's all gone quiet, mate. Adam, I get it. Your silence says so much. <laughs> Order! If you'd like to kick yourself out and some Have A Word merchandise, some clubber, or you want a fucking podcast mug, check out our online store, haveawordpod.com. www.haveawordpod.com for the merch store. Nice one. Shout out to Trans Alloy Wheels. Alloy wheel refurbishments, car bodywork, and customization services in Leeds and throughout West Yorkshire. These guys are a well-trusted family business. They do exceptional work. If you want your wheels and bodywork jazzing up and you're anywhere in the north go and see charlie and the boys at trans alloy wheels they're good guys they can make your motor look better they can add value to your car they do insurance work they do powder coating diamond cutting painting they do new tires acid stripping shot blasting tire fitting and removal these guys are wheel wizards if you've got cracks in your bodywork, they can well repair them and they do insurance gigs and the best part is have a word listeners get 25% off fucking everything the main thing is charlie and the guys at trans alloy wheels have supported 
supported us during the Rona. They've sponsored this podcast and we want to support them. We can't go and get our cars sorted just yet. As soon as the Rona's done, I'm going. In the meantime, I'm going to follow them online. We'd love it if you could do it as well. On Facebook, they're Trans Alloy Wheels. That's all one word, Trans Alloy, all one word, wheels. Give them a like, give them a follow. They're on Twitter at Trans Alloy W. Trans Alloy W. And have a look for Trans Alloy Wheels on Instagram. They've shown this podcast some love. Let's show them some love back. All right, back to the pod. Your ma and dad listen to Have A Word. Uh, we have uh, a few things. First of all, uh, do send any suggestions you've got into Have A Word Pod. for the middle section. Oh, fuck it now. Where's that come from? Changes all of the time. We sort of make it up as we go along. We do some chit chat, then we do some random features in this bit, and Have A Word comes at the end. Oh my god, it's feels like so long since you've started doing that shit. It took me by surprise. I was like, oh god, good god, god man. <laughs> um Yeah. First of all, we've got a ledge of the day. Michael says, uh, not to both smoke up your ass, but ledge of the day goes to Adam for time and his release of his special. Apparently he's finishing his masters in physiotherapy and he is hugely appreciative of the laughs you've given him. So, uh, mate, you're getting a bum-sucking ledge of the day there, Adam. Fucking hell. I'll take it. He's a fucking... He's a hero. Uh, Michael also says, uh, next time you lads are gigging in Dublin, let me know. Hopefully you're not too far off gigging in the laughter lounge. Mate, that... The prospect of doing a Have A Word show in Dublin makes my dick a little bit twitchy. (laughs) (laughs) if we do that i want the whole audience to do a who the fuck is that guy to freddie quinn (laughs) on the phone we're ringing freddie quinn from the fucking live show in dublin to and having 300 of the that fair city's best who the fuck is that guy we'll we'll take him with us we'll pay for his flights they're about 12 quid to go to dublin and back and We'll pay for him to stay in a hostel. There's another six quid. <laughs> where, 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 where are you guys staying? Well, we've got two rooms in the Malmaison. Things are going pretty well. You and know? what we'll do is we'll say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Freddie Quinn. We'll get the whole audience to go, who the fuck is that guy? And then we'll tell them that we don't need him anymore and tell them to get off the stage. I I saw this is one of the things I resent about COVID-19 the most is that it really made me feel less cunty towards Freddie and the who the fuck is that guy chat because it was good it was good and then the pandemic hit and you're like oh we've got to be careful of people's mental health and he was like oh it's not funny it's not funny anymore I don't think if there'd have been a virus we'd have stopped doing that shit (laughs) Uh, by the way there's merch available at haveawordpod.com so if you want some merch we've launched our very first merch run it's a pre-sale uh, there's just some classic logo designs. We've got some hoodies. We've got some T-shirts. We've got some mugs. Um, it's at haveawordpod.com. Um, it would be great if you could go and have a look. And we're going to do the proper order. It'll take a few weeks to get you your stuff. In the second batch, oh, we've had some, we've had some great suggestions so far. If you've got any ideas of what you'd like as merch, 
do let us know have a word pod at gmail.com I wonder if Freddie would be alright with a who the fuck is that guy bit of merch because I think it'd really sell quite well in my experience it's a lot easier to get forgiveness than permission with that stuff so let's not ask him let's <laughs> just fucking do it and we'll say sorry and tell him in Dublin and everyone's wearing who the fuck is that guy t-shirts <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought this, I thought this joke had been put to bed well, how do you think we're paying for the fucking hostel <laughs> Freddy hostels don't pay for themselves on the Malmaison uh, nice one Michael thanks uh, alright Liz listening to Adam going on about beer pong in Roxy's reminding me of my mate Keith now I bring this up because on Saturday, I played my first ever bit of beer pong. Okay. Uh, the next door neighbour, their daughter Adrienne is uh, 19. She's, yeah, it's her birthday. So happy birthday, Adrienne. She started to fucking, she's just dead nice. They're a really lovely family. The family with all the A's. I know what you think, Adam. I know. I know you think it's the most chest. Sorry, fucking knobs, lad. They are absolutely, they're absolutely old, lovely. And old money. Tory oh, NHS crippling rats. That's the vibe I get from these. All right, mate. They you, they'd rather kill your fucking nan than lose some of their stock prices. Absolute fucking dog nonsense. Um, they're really nice, and <laughs> they had a bit. Well, of, you would say that, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, because they're not. Because I've met them. I've met you off your, hey, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> Some merch. Order. Um, no, just before we move on, because you just said order like that, I just want to tell you this. Do you ever have little moments where you realise how fucking mental you are? I do. And it was because the, the other night I ordered. No, I was checking on an order that I'd made. I'd ordered some golf balls, right? And I went to me Amazon app on my phone and I wanted to check what day I'd asked for them to be delivered on. And you go to the app, you press the menu, and then it says orders, right? Now, I was on my own downstairs in the living room. And to myself, I just started going, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. And Jade comes to the top of the stairs and went, Adam, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm checking on my order on my phone. I'll be up in a minute. Why? And she went, because you've just been sat in the living room in the dark just saying order like John Berko for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sat on my own. All the lights were off. I turned the telly off and I was just going, oh, dear. You know oh what? Because <laughs> doing 50, 50 fucking episodes of a podcast during a lockdown will make you insane. <laughs> it will make you insane. Oh, dear. I'm, I, you know what? I've downloaded it for the merch little ident that people will have already heard. I'm going to put it on the soundboard just for when one of us is getting a little out of line. Oh, dear. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> you know, I almost resent having to say this now after you've gone after my lovely neighbours and my Cheshire uh, very white community. But um, we didn't actually play beer pong. Uh, she had Prosecco... In, in the glasses, oh. and I had turbo shandy. Ah! Upset me, <laughs> nasty Tory. I tell you what, though, fucking hell, beer pong with turbo shandy will get you shitted quickly. 
I was literally like, you know, you know, after you've played two rounds of beer pong, and I'm trying to hold it together because it's still my neighbours and we don't know them that well. And I was like, our fingers, right? The merchandise is real amazing responses so far, and uh, this is amazing with support we're getting from the listeners. And you could see me like. Why the fuck are you telling me this? And I had that moment of going, why am I telling this? And I couldn't remember. So I just, just go, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> fucking embarrassing. <laughs> and Daniel wasn't invited to play any more fucking Prosecco Pong. Um, anyway, he reminded him of my mate Keith, who's a belter footballer and as such has lived his life like a pro, which he would have been had he not been made of glass. Oh, prone to injury, mate. I think I'd have made it as a pro footballer if I'd been made out of fucking Play-Doh. I genuinely would have. My yeah. knee is the only thing stopping me being a Premier League captain. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've always thought that. What about your general physique there? Your natural body that's shape? Only, that's, like, that's only happened because my knee became bad, so I couldn't exercise as much. So I kept the weight on. <sighs> Damn those. The thing is, like, I was an athlete, so I got used to eating the amount an athlete does because when you're exercising so much... You, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still eat that much, but because of my knee, I can't do the exercise. So yeah, well, you know, it's carb loading, isn't it? You know, like uh, marathon runners, they carb load for like a week before. I've been carb load carb loading since ninety fucking eighty one. That's when I started carb loading, and it's going to be a big fucking run that gets rid of this shit. Have you heard about Nightingale? Yeah, he's run uh, one thousand four hundred miles. Still, only lost two stone. <laughs> Um, one of the consequences though is he never drinks he doesn't have a bevy so we'd all be out on the lash and he'd get involved with his J2O's and Diet Cokes but would generally just sit back and laugh while everyone else got paralytic but he was really good at sport and very very competitive at everything and he loved beer pong even though he'd only ever referee the game as he wouldn't drink what he did do though to ensure everyone else was fucked up. He got some good stories out of it. He spiked all the beer pong cups with a random selection of miniatures that he'd bring out with him. This was all good until you got some rank forgotten about miniature and it tasted like fucking piss. I would say have a word with him for spiking everyone's drink, but to be fair, it was a bell to shout and funny watching everyone else get fucked up while he was there to take it all in and remind him of it all the next day and then the next week and then the next year. Also, he's a proper boss lid, this guy Scouse. Also, he's a proper boss lid. He uses all his spare time to do mad shit, raising money for charity. So I think he's allowed the odd mad thing like this. Keep up the good word. Sorry. Keep up the good work, lids. That's from Leon. So Keith fucking referees beer pong and spikes the cups. How do you feel about that, Adam? Uh, I think he's an honourable gentleman, and as long as he's telling people that they're being spiked, no harm, no foul. Yeah, that's the kind of banter that is absolutely allowed when you're with the boys, but as <laughs> soon as someone brings their missus along, it will cause problems. Legal <laughs> ramifications. Like, Sandra passed out and couldn't remember anything. Hey, what's Keith like? Well, he's got a criminal record now. I didn't. I just. I think it's enough that there's the booze. I mean, that I'm talking. Yeah. I'm not an expert, but the the excitement of the throwing and the hey, I've fucking done it, and then down and shit. I've played it with Sambuca once before, and that was just not good. <laughs> that is a. That's a one. That's not a best of nine, is it? That one. Well, and also he had three cups left, so I did nine Sambucas within the space of about half an hour. Oh, so you lost. 
Oh yeah. Um, all right, lads. This is uh, someone asking for a bit of advice. He says, "All right, lads. I'm emailing to ask for some advice. Mainly, uh, pre-lockdown, I was planning a stand-up charity night where people could sign up and have a go at stand-up for the first time. I have asked around in the past, speaking to some comics and promoters, and I was instructed by some it might be best to do it through a comedy course. I want to do this kind of event one because I love stand-up, and my mates, all of us, we love stand-up, and we've always thought about giving it a go." as much to tick it off the bucket list more than anything. I want to raise as much money for Marie Curie uh, because they looked after my dad in his, family de- in his final days. So all I want to know is, do you have any advice for me and my mates to make this kind of event happen? Do you think me and the other first-timers should do a course, a comedy course, before doing it, or should we just dive in, book a room, put the night on, get our family and friends in, and just dive straight in? The way I see it, it'll be a friendly audience, even if we are dog shit, everyone will get it, get it. Does it really matter as long as everyone has a good night and we raise some money for charity? So, what are your thoughts there? This uh, young man, he's called Sean, has asked for our advice on putting on a okay. night. Uh, I get quite a lot of these. Um, first of all, you can't do anything right now and you're not going to be able to do anything for a good few months. So, I, so just- I, 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 to be fair to Sean, I just want to say... He did write that at the end of the email, but it had already been a wee bit of a long one. So I, he knows that. He was like, I know it'll be a long way down the line, but that's actually I made think, me more determined. I think he should do stand-up for a year before he tries to do this. I think he should see how good gigs are run, how bad gigs are run, and get to a semi-acceptable level of being able to do jokes before he tries to run his own night and raise money. Because, and I don't mean to be so dismissive, because Marie Curie, whatever money they can get, they will take. But you're not gonna you're not gonna cure cancer with one of these events. Let's say you sell a hundred tickets at a tenner ago, it's a thousand pounds, it's a drop in the ocean compared to the money they've already got in the reserves. It's a phenomenal gesture and it's a great thing to do. But what you really want to do first and foremost is make sure you know how to run a good gig. And I think the only way you get to do that is by getting either getting someone in, in an external person to do it for you, but they're going to want to take money out of the pot. Or you can do comedy for a while and learn the ropes before you try and take something like this on. When I first started doing stand-up, I tried to run a few gigs and they weren't good and I had family and friends involved, and yet they were a friendly audience. It went better because they were there. But if I'd have waited a year, they'd have been a lot better. That's my advice, is just fucking chill on it until you know, A, how to do stand-up a little bit, and B, how stand-up nights should be run, and what makes them good and what makes them bad. I think Adam's right, Sean. If, you have, if you've got one eye on actually doing stand-up and running a comedy night, that, that's the soundest advice. Because, like, when people haven't done comedy, they have an instinct of, like, well, it's telling jokes or telling stories. My favourite comics, Lee Evans or fucking Ramesh or someone, and I'll do something like that. But it's really difficult putting together a night. Like, doing comedy's fine. In in a sense, you give it a go, but you go to a place 
where someone else is doing the technical stuff of organizing how they get people there, how they seat them, how they light it. When the show starts, is there a bouncer? Who's who's running it? Who's comparing it? What order the acts go on? Does it build? Does it have a headliner? There's a lot of shit that goes into, even to the point of like getting the sound and lighting right is fucking painful as a comedian when you turn up to a gig and they've not got those things right. Because comedy's delicate at the best of times. That sort of shit is so it feels obvious, but it's not until you've seen it and no. you've experienced it. Um, until you've seen it done badly com- and you go, oh, that makes a big fucking oh, difference. Comedy nights are hard to put on like that. However, if you just want to do it in a sort of charity bucket list thing, then I don't think you need to do a comedy course. Like comedy courses. I don't think Billy needs to do a comedy course anyway. No, you're not a big fan really- of comedy courses. No, like I've actually hosted a comedy course for Hot Water before. So they they used to have Paul Smith teach their comedy course and it was a four-week course. You did four two-hour sessions and at the end of it, you did a gig. And there was uh, a time when Paul Smith was unavailable to do that, but they'd already booked it in. But he had like a holiday booked to go somewhere with his kids and it couldn't be moved. Um, So they were like, will you run it for us? You're sort of (laughs) our second in command at Hot Water Comedy Club. Will you do it? And I was like, yeah, I can do it because I can teach people what Paul teaches them. And I can I can teach people the basics. And what I'm about to say is a bit hypocritical, having done that course and ran it. Um, I don't think you learn anything in those courses apart from the very basics of take the mic stand, move it out the way, try not to look at the floor the whole time. Here's a couple of tweaks with your writing. The only way you get good at stand-up is by doing stand-up. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. All a comedy course can do is give you the confidence to get on stage. And it sounds like Sean has already got that confidence and doesn't need the course. Yeah, the, co- the course... I mean, really, with comedy, whatever just gets you to being a comedian, if you feel like you want... If you've got the budget and you're not skint and you feel like, you know, actually, I'd like my handheld. The the great thing with the course is, and I, I totally agree with Adam, it's basically like, okay, so when you stand up, face the audience, and then th- this is how you write a story, and this is how you write a bit, and that's that, and this is this. All of that stuff, I mean, you could tell someone over the course of eight weeks, all of that stuff, really, practice is the only thing. Trial and error. The one th- the good thing I would say, if you're genuinely thinking about going, if you research where the good courses are, if you do it together with another six or seven comedians or even ten other new acts who are brand new, you get a little support network. It's almost like NCT for pregnant mums. It's not <laughs> like you're going to learn anything particularly from the course maybe that you wouldn't learn through experience, but it is kind of nice to have a load of people going, fuck, we're a bit nervous as well. I've I've headlined some of those course finals in the past. and. And they are such a nice, supportive atmosphere. Obviously, a little artificial, because that's not how gigs are. But if you need those first few steps to be sort of baby steps, which I totally understand, it's as much the things that the professionals are going to tell you, I think, as having those acts who are going to be there and support you and bounce ideas off. Um, so I'm not shitting on co- comedy courses. I think some, and I'll say this, and I, and you know who the fuck you are, some people who are on comedy courses are shysters who overcharge and are just in it for the money. And then there's comedy... underqualified. Yes. As well. It's always the failed fucking comics who are like, we've got a course. 
I don't know a comic that I respect or that I would go to for advice that runs a comedy course. I don't know one. Not one. There's no comic I would go to and go, what do you think about this that has a comedy course that I can think of? <laughs> I think I agree. Oh, <laughs> does Freddie not run the course? <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> I thought you were just like forgetting about Freddie. I was like, no, 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 I'm not. Like, Freddie is a mate of mine and he's a decent comer, but I don't, he, I, I outrank him. <sighs> oh. Like, I'm not being a dick. No, just, you're not. But, oh my God, I feel like, I feel like you don't, I, th- I almost feel like you think we're having a private chat in between, in between adverts. Adam, <laughs> I so did not expect Adam to drop that much, honestly. I'm not disagreeing with you, but my eyebrows are higher than they were a minute ago. I'm like, oh shit, Adam not playing a day. <laughs> Motherfucking, <laughs> he ain't eating sugar, but he giving out some shit. I, I think Freddie is a good comic, but I don't share his philosophy on stand-up, and I don't, I, I don't think he's right most of the time. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. See you in Dublin, Fred. Anyway, yeah. But I tell you what, mate, if you just want to put on a night and you just want to put, like, find a venue, get some lighting, get a mic system, if you can get all your mates on and you can make a grand and you're not in this for the long run, have a fucking laugh. Have a laugh. And maybe try and find a £100 closer, uh, like a, a, a an up-and-coming professional act who'll do 25 minutes at the end to top it off. I'd say if you've not got aspirations to be a long-running comedy night... A thousand pounds for Marie Curie is no is nothing to be sniffed at. Have a raffle, have a laugh, drink, and and you never know. Even if it's not you, Sean, one of your mates might go, "Holy fuck, that was great! I'm going to give that a go." Yeah. Um. But yeah, like like Adam says, it's just uh, you just want to like, especially if you're going to charge people to get in, which you're going to have to if you're going to raise money. You want it to be good, not just that they're telling you it was good because it's you. They act, you actually want to give people in your life a good night. And the way you're going to do that is with either a bit of experience or by asking people for help and advice. Um, having, like, the, the basics is all the chairs should be facing the stage. There should be a mic, a mic stand. There should be speakers. There should be spotlights on the stage. And the rest of the room should be as dark as possible. Darkness for the audience, bright for the acts. But you want it to be a warm light on the stage. You don't want it to be a cold light. The cold light makes it look too clinical. You want people to be there about an hour to half an hour before the show starts. You don't want them sat there for three hours drinking and and waiting for the the show to start. You want to keep the intervals as short as possible. Let them get a drink and have a piss and have a smoke and then get them back. You don't want the intervals to be longer than the actual sections of the show. You want a compare. You want someone to host the gig who has done that before. You don't want to do that to yourself because if you just try and do crowd work banter with people you know as well, it never really goes that well. It's not going to be a great night for the people and it's well worth, if you're going to raise a grand, it's well worth taking 200 quid of that and paying 100 to a compare and 100 to a headliner who'll do it for 100 quid for you. And I know you might be thinking, well... You might be thinking, oh, well, it's a charity night. I'm not giving people money that could be going to cancer. You've got no idea how many of these causes comedians get asked to do stuff for free for. And you'll be you'll be met with a lot of derision, to be honest with you, if you ask comedians to work for free. Comedians do a lot of free 
events. They do a lot of charity events. They give to a lot of charities. If you want a professional comedian to come and improve your night, you do have to pay them for it. And their argument will be the bar staff are getting paid. The, the venue are selling drinks that you might've even paid a higher fee for the room. You're paying for these commodities and comedians should be included in that. And it will make you nice infinitely better. If you've got a professional or a semi-professional host, and a professional or a semi-professional headliner who'll bump it up a bit for you rather than just having you and your three mates or your four mates or whatever doing 10 minutes for the first time and one of you trying to host your way through it. Yeah, so essentially what Adam's trying to say, if you want Freddie's email, just give us a shout. <laughs> You'd be up for it. And if you, get, if you book Freddie, then you've just saved 60 quid. <laughs> <laughs> book him into a hostel. <clears throat> okay, well, poor old Frederick. Um, let's let's have a little fucking weird from one of our sponsors, and then you know what time it is. You know them, you love them. It's Vauxhall Comedy Club in that day, London. If you're visiting London, if you're going down for the weekend, take your missus, take your fella, take them to go and see comedy. There's some cracking comedy shows in London. Some of them, and I've played them, are a little lacking in fucking soul. Vauxhall Comedy Club. This is a comedy club done with love and care and done properly in a great room with great atmosphere with brilliant comics, some from the TV, some up-and-coming circuit talent. And the absolute best of it, if you're there for the weekend, is Friday and Saturday night and down at Vauxhall Comedy Club, they call it bottomless booze comedy so basically you pay them an entry fee with the money for your booze included it's 25 quid it's a 90 minute show and you also get bottomless booze wine beer cider 25 quid there's also a spirit and mix of bottomless ticket that starts at 35 pound and if you're a purist you're staying sober you're fucking zyvan the ticket's just a tenner once we're done with the rona and back to normal trading Vauxhall Comedy Club is usually open Monday to Saturday it's right next to a street food garden and between now and then do us a favour at have a word and follow the Vauxhall Comedy Club online you can join the mailing list it's at Vauxhall Comedy Club on Insta at Vauxhall Comedy on Twitter and Vauxhall Comedy Club on Facebook it's an over 18 night out and you never know come the autumn you might see me and Adam there from Texas to Scam, every lead is listening to the funniest podcast in the game this is Have A Word it's time to have a word with Adam and Dan tell us all the problems you have with your friends Adam was really going for that. Adam was really having a little sing song. What are we going to do here, uh, old Adamski? Because we obviously have the bin shit. So are we? Are we? Are we drawing a line under the bin shit? How do you feel? Because you don't we? We can't. We can't solve it. But my God, people have been invested in this. <laughs> so John got in touch, didn't he? And John basically said he wasn't at the house party where the shit was found in the shower and that he definitely knows he wasn't because he always he's from Ireland and he used to go home for Christmas. So he couldn't have been at a New Year's Eve party. Um and that the lad who got in touch was a massive liar. Blah blah blah. We're never gonna get to the bottom of this. I'll tell you right now that I think it was John and his wife. Um and I will never budge on that. You actually now are at the point when you think it was a conspiracy between husband and wife. Yeah. Holy shit. Do you know, I honestly think it gives an insight into what it would be like to be shacked up with you 
I yeah. think that would be f- like fascinating because I don't. I mean, I think you're like covert ops, black ops level of like fuck you, just on the sly. Nothing, nothing nasty. Just oh, trying. Out to- the two of us, who watches more courtroom dramas? It's me. So we're going to make me the judge. Oh dear. My decision's final. Oh I'm banging me hammer. It was John and his wife, and Sam and Malaki were very, very sorry that you had even suspected this at any point. You have the court's deepest apologies. John and his wife, you dirty shit and conspiracy rats. Sam, it was you, you dirty bastard. I'm having it. There you go. Order! 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 You will address this court as judge or your honour. Judge Rowe. I think you could make oh mate how a fucking eggy would that get Judge Rinder there with his fucking full face of makeup like excuse me excuse me uh, I will finish doing little gay <laughs> quips that's why I didn't mean gay little meant, gay quips I meant camp and it <laughs> that is your internalised homophobia doing his little gay quips being all gay and shit <laughs> y'all know it ain't sad but y'all know <laughs> Motherfucker, gay as hell. So are you? <laughs> Apparently. Motherfucker is gay as hell. Gay as hell. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm a gay man. I always have been. And my gay dog's not broke. That man is gay as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker broke my gay dog. <laughs> Shit. I'd love to be black, American, and gay. Hey, you yeah, don't know me. <laughs> That's Hell. a tough life, that. Well, That's a bad hand to be dealt. It would be great if you lived where I lived. As long as you live where I live, everyone be like, oh my God, you have got to meet Dan. Dan, the new neighbour. He is actually from Louisiana, but he is he's black, and I think he's homosexual. But honestly, it's quite the change at the dinner parties, and he's come down... To the women's, <laughs> the women's. Go on, no, carry on. <laughs> it's come down. He makes a lovely cake, and he's there and every no, Saturday no, no. morning. You said he come down. He's come down to the women's, and then you started laughing. The women's and Institute. Like, I was just. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> out of my depth. I was ad living out of my depth. I was trying to think what what would be happening at the. Vi- I'm trying to think because we have a little village hall. Ah, oh, it's so Tory. We have a little village hall, and I was trying to think what's what goes on that slimming world. Like, if I were like, "Hey y'all, oh, oh honestly, mm, damn, <laughs> I'm trying to keep the pounds off, but y'all know they're just coming on, sitting on my hips." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reverend. I see you looking. <laughs> He's a Methodist. He's got his meth- methodical bastard. Um, no, yeah, being a black American gay guy, probably not easy in certain parts of America, but I honestly think you'd be quite the celebrity around here. <laughs> Do you not think? Like, uh, like English guys go over to the States, uh, all my mates, and like, I, I've got a mate from fucking Carlisle who's like, yeah, they fucking lovely accent. I, I can't do Carlisle because it's the weirdest. It's like a hybrid of Geordie the fucking hills have eyes North Yorkshire and Scottish and he's like oh, they love the accent and you're like mm, do they definitely how fucking starved are Americans of British accents like oh my god you sound like Hugh Grant he fucking doesn't everyone thought I was Irish when I went to New York yeah 
Yeah, they thought the Scouse accent was Irish, which most of them, let's say, Conor McGregor, than it is Hugh Grant. Yeah, it is, I suppose, it, but it kind of is, isn't it, with the oh, Irish? What? Right, I, w- I want to ask you something. So, yeah. I've been doing impressions for Jade, and I think I've got a rich... Do you ever watch Gavin and Stacey? Uh, yeah. So, you know Nessa from Gavin and Stacey? Oh, yeah, go on, yeah. Yeah, right. I think I'd do a perfect impression of her. And Jay's telling me I don't. I just want to see. Yeah, I tell you, you I'm glad we're doing this now because when they did the Gavin and Stacey Christmas specials, which I don't know what happened over Christmas, for some reason that really got in this family's like fucking thought process. The zeitgeist of this family was like, oh my God, Gavin and Stacey. And then I was like, I wasn't even that bothered about Gavin and Stacey the first time round, but that weird nostalgia, they're bringing it back. It's going to be amazing. James Corden's famous now, but he's come back. And we heard a lot of like, oh, like round this house. So I'm glad you've left it six months. Let that sort of fade. Adam Rowe doing Ness, Nessa from Gavin and Stacey. I fingers crossed that it's not retarded. Go on. Oh, Dan, give her a rest, will you? Truth (laughs) be told. (laughs) Let me get it out. Stop it! Wait. <laughs> your accents are shit, but your impressions are slightly better. I'll give you that. Some of them are slightly better, but oh, it's how proud Dan. you are. Oh, Dan, Mr. Nightingale. It's <laughs> nasty as hell. God damn it. Do it. it. Why are you Oh, Dan, listen to me. Give it a round. <laughs> You just look like a scouse woman. Ow, listen to me. Give her a rest, will you? Truth be told, I... (laughs) Truth be told, I've run out of Tampax, so I've had to put a fucking teddy bear up there. Ow! (laughs) Was that that from the fucking... Was that from the blooper reel? (laughs) I don't remember that from the Christmas special. Everyone sat down. Ow, I just killed a squirrel on the fucking road. I ran out of <laughs> I've run out good? of Lilette. I put a dead squirrel in there. Roadkill, isn't it? <laughs> Do you think that's good? Oh, Dan. I think I'd love to get an impression an impre- I was gonna say an impressions expert. It's just an impressionist on it. Cause I think that's I think you tackle some of the uh, this you're not gonna like this because of the comedian you are. But you're some of you've got some of the hackiest impressions in the game. You, you, you. This is the ones we've heard on this podcast. You're Christopher Walken, which is an impression of other people doing wow. an impression. Uh, no, I'm Christopher Walken. I reject the accusations being made by Dan Nightingale. Now who's the gay American? God damn! I said God damn. Um, reject. Accusations. I'm really worried because Next we've man. <laughs> you're now doing. Um, I'm worried with your all your impressions. When you start going for it, they get more aggressive, and then you start going, "I will fuck you up the ass. I will fuck you up the ass. All your motherfuckers get fucked up the ass. I take the squirrel out. I'll fuck it up the ass and then stick it up your ass." Um, you've done Christopher Walken now, Nessa from. It feels like Michael Caine is just waiting to happen, isn't it? I'll tell you what. I'll give you Michael Caine. <laughs> I 
<laughs> what? I can't get a fucking word out when I'm taking a miss. Wait. Right. It's the way you pause, like. <laughs> Line. I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was at a shopping the other day, and I was like, I'm going to get some Cheerios. And someone was like, Hey, Michael Kane, do you eat Cheerios? And I was like, Yes. Yes, I do. I don't like crunchy nut. They get sucked in my teeth. <laughs> Why? Right. B- before we even talk about the impression, where did the- have you bought Cheerios recently? Where did that come from? Where did the where did the cereal bit come from? Hello, I'm Michael Kay. I don't like Alpen. Oh God. <laughs> Any suggestions for impressions you want Adam Rowe to fucking murder? You got any more? Thank you want me to um, um, we'll, And we'll also, we'll we, I'll definitely, in the next week or two, we'll do another round of uh, <laughs> out of the hat <laughs> character. The Russian guy from Armageddon. The Russian guy from Armageddon. Another guy who's on the space station. Oh, go on. American components, Russian components, all made in Taiwan. <laughs> I cannot argue with the quality of that impression. <laughs> Fucking hate Russians. Um, I love being allowed to just hate a whole people. Fucking sneaky Russians. <laughs> what else have you got? Come on. Are you okay? Yeah, just trying to think. What have you got? Denzel Washington. Oh Jesus, that's that's <laughs> d- definitely harder. From Training Day. Tell me it's from Training you Day. You will be podcasting in Pelican Bay when I get through with you. Pretty good. Pretty good. A little, little culturally, culturally insensitive with everything that's going on. I can't believe I'm on a podcast with Dan Nightingale. That's, that's bad. That's bad. I can Eddie Murphy. No, you can't. No. <laughs> that was Eddie. I don't. I don't. Do you remember the first section of the podcast where we? Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. That's actually quite good. <laughs> what was that from? I don't know. <laughs> was, it, was it from Mulan? Maybe. Or Shrek. Shrek it on, you know, another world winner adventure. That's not bad. That is not bad. That's not the worst. That is not the worst donkey I've ever heard. <laughs> I thought the whole bit was like you were trying to do it badly. I thought you were trying to do a bit about the contrast I of... A house fly, maybe even a super fly, but I bet you ain't never seen a donkey fly. <laughs> I honestly thought you were doing it on purpose to contrast what happened in the first section with the Black Lives Matter chat, which you took very, very seriously. And now we're doing famous black American actors badly. I was like, wow, this podcast is all over the fucking road. Um, A quick one, a quick have a word. Now, Chloe Levi-Joyce, who is a comedian, I used to do a pod with her. Um, She audioed me and I fucking deleted it. But she audioed a quick have a word, and I thought, Adam, it was so pertinent to mine and your life that I couldn't 
couldn't do a, a podcast okay. curation without. But Chloe Levi Joyce says, "Can use two. She's got more scouts for this because she's from Southport, so she's plastic scouts, isn't she? She's trying to. She's like, hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Have a word from Chloe as donkey. Chloe Levi Joyce says, "Can use two have a word with lads with big dicks who just turn up and bang it in and out and do fuck all else? That's the whole have a word from Chloe." She wants us to have a word with guys with big dicks who just banging it well, in and out. As I said in the first section about not knowing the strife of people out there, I don't know what it's like to have a big dick. So I don't feel I'm in a position to tell people with big dicks how they should act with oh, their dicks. It's so amazing. Big dicks matter, don't they? <laughs> they do, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> what's their beef? They're lazy that they just turn up with the packet and they'd be like, I brought something. You don't need to she do anything else. She needs to have a fucking word with herself. If she's getting some pipe. Now, okay. now she's got. By the way, this is current pipe. <gasps> How big is the dick? How big that- is the dick? If you, if you can socially distance and still fuck someone, that's a big old dick, sister. So. She's getting big dick and she's whinging that he's not putting any effort in. What's she doing? Is she getting all fucking romantic and sexy and setting the mood? Or is she just lying there like the fucking rest of them? I'll tell you, you've been a member of the Tinder community before. Hi, my name's Azam. Uh, you know, set a mood. And... No, I, you know, speaking of someone who's. Shit, I dealt with some big dicks in my town. God damn. Y'all need to make the effort. Kiss, kiss a motherfucker on the lips. No, these ones nasty. Um, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. <clears throat> Can't believe she's getting dick in lockdown. It's illegal from today, isn't it? To have sex with someone from another household in a household. It hasn't been illegal all this time. No, but, it's, it but it's legal if you do it in the in, in the garden, isn't it? That's yeah. the rule. I think, yeah, there's been a lot of grey area about what's the... As long as you get fucked in a park, you're allowed yeah. to drive unlimited amount of distance and you can get fucked by up to six friends from different households. Yeah, you can fuck them in the garden, but if then you go in their house to wipe your dick off, you have to, like, get all the whole bathroom because you don't want anything you've got for them to catch. Yeah, but if you've got a really big dick, what you can do is stay outside, ask them to go inside, turn the tap on, just fucking prong it in from the just through the kitchen door give it a one <laughs> <laughs> right this one's this podcast is deteriorating into when when I said big dicks matter that was my favourite bit and it was the bit where Adam was like and we need to tap out because this is off the rails whatever you do yeah whatever you do yeah. you know the little picture you always make to put out on Twitter and Instagram to promote today's episode yeah do not put the words big no. dicks matter on that. No, 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 Whatever no. Whatever you do, do not do that, okay? No, no, no. That is for people who listen this far into the podcast yeah, yeah. and fucking nobody else. <laughs> that is, in fact, now I'm thinking about it, the form we've taken for this podcast is very clever. At first, like, how are you doing, Adam? Are you doing all right? Let's get through this together. It is the rhythm. And, you know, what's going on over there? We sympathise completely. By the end, you're like, ah, 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 I've got a big dick comedy. That's my Eddie Murphy. It's not good. What? He's, he's no. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> 
It's from the clumps. Is it? It is, isn't it? You're doing an impression of Eddie Murphy doing an old woman. Look at Lee, look at Lee. Isn't it? I bet you anything. A nutty Professor. Nutty Professor, yes, mate. Oh, you fat. Good. Right. I I'm gonna I'm gonna download two things for the soundboard because I'm I'm getting bored of the soundboard. So I'm gonna t- I want order, 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 order for when it's kicking off. He's now watching Nutty Professor. Um, <laughs> And I also want Hercules, Hercules, for when Adam's talking about his fitness. When he's like, I've lost another two pounds, I'm getting hench. Your mama got a a mouth with the back of her neck and the bitch chew like this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, So I can do Eddie Murphy and I can do Nelson Mandela. Uh, Me too. Mate, your Mandela's good. No joke. Live in a world where a man and a woman can live together. Oh, no. Not today. No, no. (laughs) No, no, that's my that is my threshold. That no, no, Adam. Give me a break, will you? I've been up and down all over the place with these accents, and I think I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much. That's fine. No, fine. I've had a bad day. I want a cup of tea. I'm hungry, and I need a shit. So give me a fucking. What's going on with this? Every end of the podcast, you're itching for a tweet. Doing the podcast at five o'clock, and I have a half sick shit every day. (laughs) Right. Okay. But no more Mandela. Oh, guys, it's been an absolute treat. We have a new song. We've gone very hip-hop in the last few weeks. Graham Thompson, who is uh, an Irish hip-hop artist we've featured before. And honestly, I never thought I'd say this. This podcast is getting me into Irish (laughs) hip-hop. Dublin hip-hop is fucking cool as fuck. And if we do a Dublin show, we're asking Graham Thompson to play us out because he is cool as fuck. Sad, said and done is his new track. It's about to get released. Have um, have a little look for, uh, yeah, Graham Thompson. What's he called? Is he? What's his Instagram? What's the fuck? Just Graham Thompson. Is it just Graham Thompson? It's just Graham Thompson. I'll just shut up and play his excellent music. Thanks, mate. When all is said and done, I hope you get to hear me. And you could comprehend and that I wrote the message clearly When life is bleak it seems emotionless and dreary You get buckled twice a week, it's not a joke, the shit is scary here yeah. And the endorphins from the likes of Philip Morphine Been feeling like a sorcerer on mic since I was 14 When I was trying to saw green, the boys were on the snort scene And who are you to judge me man, I see you at the coffin yeah. I swear I'm sick of seeing rooms filled up with barristers And getting into arguments with goons and fucking amateurs I'm laughing like I dump balloons filled up with canisters Get back at TLA, you can't the truth of my parameter I'm rude unless me manners are needed to get the sentence shortened I'm still behaving and saving for a potential mortgage It's an extensive course, it's risking an expensive loss It's reason why I'm packing out these doobies with eccentric Porsches So I can sit and try to smoke until I'm calm I don't want to be another with the rope inside me palm I want to make it clearer and I hope you understand That if you've something to look forward to you won't destroy the plan And I'm hoping I can brandish me lyrical skill 
let you know you can't depend on a miracle still Being cynical kills and I've been optimistic for a good while You're still alive and breathing, that's the reason why you should smile You could cry, tell me what the fuck would it achieve You had your shot and missed it, man, you fucked it till it breathes I write a verse and I construct the shit with ease A pile of love to use your beat but I'm reluctant with the face This man is paved, I hope you understand that when I live I'm only planting seeds and years from now I hope for massive trees Writing lies I said believe like no one's matching these And lads are catching seeds, I'm here to accumulate and stash your G's And please, I can't stop it's a disease Anticipating when the album drops and I'm relieved I want more than just the props that I'm received The fucking shopper spray, I want whatever someone's got for me I can't lie, I don't want a lot for free Antenna for your Spotify, it's not a box of G You act as if a man is trying to tap you up for five grand I'm asking for your home address, your bigger fucking iPad As ever on a Monday, it's our patrons. £10 tier, you become executive producers. Appreciate the fuck out of you guys. Now, there is one name here that's not named, so if you're listening and you're like, my name has not been mentioned and I'm a £10 patron, on our patron list, there's a guy called No Name. So this might be you, because you haven't filled your name in on Patreon. For everyone else, thank you to Aaron Ledbetter, Adam AJ Gregson, Alex Jones, Alexis Bly, Ali Richardson, Amy, Andrew Boyle, Andy Mannix, Andy T, Anthony Duran, Anthony Jollies, Anthony Wilkinson, Barney Wood, Barry Parsons, Becky Hale, Bethany Griffith, Bunny Whitehead, Carmel, Chris Chubbs, Chris Jones, Chris Townsend, Chris Watson, Keen O'Connell, Colin Pugh, Colette Hind, Curtis Charlton, Dan Lindsay, Daniel Newman, Daniel Pugh, Danny Gilligan, Dave Checkley, Dave Everson, Dean Cochran, Donatello, Donna McCauley, Ellen Knight, Emma Donnelly, Emma Green, Fiona, Frank Hughes, Frog and Bucket, George, Gerard Keane, Graeme Cashel, Graeme Owens, Ian Pringle, Ian Chadwick, Jack Robert, Turner Page, Jack Rush, James Fuchs, James Hall, Jamie Moores, I don't know why it makes me laugh, Janet Roskell, shout out Janet, Jason Hopkins, Jason Reynolds, Jay Kyle, Jen Wilson, Jennifer Ridding, Jess Yarwood, Jill Bushell, Joanne Parr, John Barrowcliffe, John Ryan, Johnny Armstrong, Johnny Edwards, Jonathan Bagley, Joseph Moore, Josh, Josh Holt, Flusk, Julie Smith, Kate Bidwell, Kate Hamilton, Kathleen Simon, Catherine Wells, Kira Tan, Kenny Gadd, Khadija Mir, Kiefer Gallagher, Kieran Woodall, Kieran Gibson, Kirsty Leonard, Lee, Lee Aitchison, Lee Grant, Liam, Louise Grimes, Mark Cohen, Mark Hammond, Mark Hollenbach, Mark Pugh, Martin Matt, Matt Delmain, Matt Flannery, Max Prenty, Max 
uh, sorry, Maxine Eyre, Megan, Michael Woods, Mike Kivy, Mike Pugh, Mike Quirk, Mike Sullivan, Mutley, Nathan Sharrix, Nick Stannard, Owen Badman, Paul McDonald, Pete Graves, Peter Vincent, Rachel Heron, Rachel Whiteley, Rebecca Thomas, Richard Palmer, Rob Barker, Rob Bell, Rob Knowles, Rob Upton, Robin Kerr, Russell W., Ryan Farrow, Sam Crow, Sam Maguire, Sam Snook, Sammy Taylor, Saz Green, Saz, I'm going to message you, Scott Brickcliffe, Simon Martin, Steve Woolley, Steph Keelan, Stefan Billick, Stefan Byrne, Stephen Theobald, Steve Boros, Steve Boris, fucking up these names, sorry guys, Steve Green, Stephen D. Malone, Stephen Thompson, Terry Burke, Texas Jellybean, Thomas Civita, Tom Chadwick, Tom Harris, Tom Isarus, <laughs> is Icarus sorry Tom Tom Lazarus Tom Rowe Tom Simpson Tom Twistleton Tony P and Wes Coakley apologies if I've fluffed any of your names can't tell you how much that means the £10 Patreon it really is uh, keeping us going I hope you've enjoyed today's audio bullshit we'll see all the patrons on Wednesday and everyone else on Friday can't afford the Patreon and you're listening going I feel blagged man about this Patreon that's fine just tell a mate that you're enjoying the podcast help us grow it like that appreciate you see you later